Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Good morning, everyone. It's my great pleasure to be able to share the word with you this morning. And uh, it's very humbling. And I just see this as so sacred. So praise God. So good to see you all this morning. If you want to open up to 1 Samuel, I'm going to jump straight into chapter 3. I want to speak with you guys this morning about the topic of being spiritually awakened. And the title of my message this morning is Wake Up the Warriors. Sound good? Well, let's get into it. Just a short portion to start us off. Chapter 3 of 1 Samuel. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel, sorry, and 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 aunts, and sorry, uh, that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here I am. So good. Say, here I am this morning. Beautiful. Well, just to bring some context to that, this is uh, starting off the book of um, Judge, uh, Samuel here. And previous to that was the book of Judges, where there were 12 judges that God had raised up. So Samuel, God raises up as a judge. Samuel was there as a little kid in the tabernacle and he had arrived there because his mother, who'd been barren, had hit the scene coming down from the mountains of Ephraim and she was barren. So she was really praying, she was seeking God that she would have a child. And she was so earnest, she's moving her little lips away, that Eli, the priest at the time, thought that she was drunk. But then when uh, she explained herself. He said, the Lord's going to grant you your request. And she was so thankful that she dedicated this little child to the tabernacle to serve with Eli as a little minister. And so he was raised up in that environment where the ark of God was, the presence of God. So good. And it's an incredible picture that in the night, He's woken up. What had happened was Eli had started to take for granted his calling as a priest. His uh, sons had become corrupt and rebellious. They were doing vile things, you know, with women. They were uh, abusing their privilege with the sacrifices and the meat there. And this really displeased the Lord. And a man of God came and said that, Eli would be judged. And as Eli's ministry was waning, there was an awakening that started to happen. Next generation, God started to 
leaning toward. And sleeping there at the ark in the, by the presence of the Lord. And he hears his name, Samuel. Samuel. And little Samuel, he thinks it's, he thinks it's Eli. So he goes and Eli's lying down, you know, drifting off to sleep slowly. Uh, he's like, I didn't call you. What do you want? <laughs> Go back to bed. So he goes back to bed. And again, Samuel, Samuel goes to Eli. Why are you calling me? Go back to bed. This happens three times. On the third time, Eli discerns, that's how hard of hearing he was spiritually, that it's, he perceives that it's the Lord. So he says, hey, that's the Lord. When the Lord calls out to you, say, you know, here I am, speak, your servant is listening. And so this happens and Samuel hears the Lord's voice speaking to him about what would happen throughout the, what would happen actually uh, to Eli and what the Lord was going to do. And he said that ears of the people that hear this, they're going to tingle. There'd be a reverberation, you know. And uh, so in the morning, uh, Samuel uh, awakens, Eli's there, and Eli's really keen. What did the Lord say? And Samuel's like, well, I got some bad news and some bad news. <laughs> You're going to be judged, mate. And so Eli uh, realises that, and he has to acknowledge where things are at, how bad things had got, how spiritually dark things had got that the Lord was now ready to act and do something new. And probably as he looked at, e at little e uh, Samuel, he knew that the Lord was raising him up. And so this is incredible. And I just want to read with you a, a verse in that chapter. If you look at verse 21, right at the end of chapter 3, then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh. Say again this morning. For the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Let's pray this morning. Thank you so much, Lord, for this year, 2018, and the things that you've been doing throughout Australia. You are awakening. You are reviving. You're causing us to hear and see. Thank you for the opportunity ahead of us, Lord. We arise to the occasion. We, Lord, uh, invite you to come and wake us up more and more, Lord, that we would partner with you in what you want to do. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Excellent. Well, have you ever been woken up in the night? I know lots about this. I'm a father of three little ones, all under the age of five. And my daughter, Anouk, has mastered the art of waking me up. And uh, my beautiful wife, she says, uh, Mum, Mum, really sharply, just pierces through the, the brain and, and any dream that's ha happening, inception upon inception of dreams, right to, your, to that central place in your brain, which just straight away suddenly awakens you. And I love it. But we, we have a little party in the night and sometimes I'll get up and I'll make myself a cup of tea and enjoy it. So I've learned to uh, enjoy that. One time after a big evening event here, I uh, went to the car. My wife was picking me up in the Kia Carnival and it was dark and 
um, I turned around and this little voice said, hello, daddy. <laughs> it was like, whoa, you know, she's very awake, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and it's getting late. But sleep is an interesting thing, isn't it? Sleep. I uh, looked into sleep and dozing off um, and how things work, uh, science website, and there's actually five stages of sleep. And uh, you guys know this as you're drifting off and your heart rate starts to slow down, your muscles begin to um, be able to get into that state of of, uh, allowing yourself to enter into a deeper rest and uh, the brain waves slow down. And eventually you go into a state in stage five where the brain waves are happening really just short and fast rapidly. They look at this with the electrical impulses as, they've, as sleep scientists have studied it. And this is the state in stage five where you start to dream. And have you ever been woken up from that state? It is, it is uh, quite hard, isn't it, <laughs> when that happens? But I just want to propose to you this prophetic thought about what's happening in the West at the moment. Isn't it an oxymoron that we are very more sleep-deprived than ever before? There's actually a sleep crisis. However, in this, this dreaming sort of culture, there's a sense that our culture is losing touch with reality. So we're getting less... um, sleep, but we're going into this dream world of losing reality. And, you know, I talked in stage five of sleep that there's those rapid movements. Scientists call this rapid eye movements. And um, what happens is when you're dreaming and you're in that state, your eyes are moving around. You can watch your, your pet, pet dog, or <laughs> someone you know. Uh, and their eyes will be moving while they're dreaming. I want to propose to you that in our culture of looking around and comparing, contrasting, analysing, that we're always trying to go to the next thing. We're always trying to get better. We're always trying to find out how to, what the secret is to success, our dream coming true in Australia. That, that lack of attention while we're wide awake and worrying at night and constantly looking at different things on a social media feed and things on the internet, that rapid movement, that even though we're more awake, we're going deeper into a dream world, deeper sleep. We're losing spiritual consciousness. We're losing touch with reality. Am I making sense this morning? Just really want to um, bring you in. Could it be that the church in the West is suffering a crisis of spiritual consciousness? Could it be that, that there's a, a way that we could wake up even more to who we are as the church and no longer be a sleeping beauty, but that we would awaken that the warrior within would be aroused, that we'd respond to that call from heaven and arise to the occasion in one of the darkest times in history that the light would shine brightly as we make a statement 
and take a stand and start to judge that which is unrighteous and lawless. Could it be that even though things seem bleak at the moment, that the Lord is, is awakening the warriors? You know, little Samuel, he's a little priest, a little priest. But uh, he began to be raised up as a seer, a man of vision, a judge in the land. The, and his sons became the last of the judges before anointing David. Very cool stuff. I want to encourage you guys this morning that I believe that, you know, the Awakening Australia is only a couple of weeks away, a big event monumental in national history for the church coming together to believe that there would be revival, to believe that there could be an awakening. This isn't just me making up stuff. I'm following a biblical pattern that, that what is prophetic in the Word, that in the last days God can shake, He can awake. George Whitfield, John Wesley, um, Jonathan Edwards, and then Finney in the second um, awakening, great awakening. These guys themselves heard the Lord speak. They heard His voice. They had first-hand experience with the Lord. They saw what was happening with the Eli's, with religion. You might say that Eli had religion, but not relationship Whereas Samuel, who wasn't even a Levite, had relationship and the Lord went from doing what could be a next thing to a whole new thing. He, this was a sudden thing, like, you know, because God wanted to wake suddenly. And these guys, you know, these revivalists were awakened from their core. And when you read about their lives, there's this sense of, urgency and contending and fervency and passion. This isn't just a, this, it's not just Ryan right now, guys. This is the Lord's uh, calling for all of us as the church. It's not just a preacher or a pastor. This is the royal priesthood of all believers, the Samuels in our generation. And uh, so we're, we're responding to this call. I believe you guys are doing this so well as you gather here Sunday by Sunday, as you put your best foot forward, as you hear the Lord and you move. You know, the Spirit of God is moving. And I loved going to pick up the uh, awakening guys with uh, some others from here. And it was so fun when uh, they got off the plane, they were ready to go. They were getting some Krispy Kreme donuts and stuff. And we were talking to uh, the leaders, Dan Hagen and Ben Fitzgerald and when talking to Ben, you know, he should have been tired and fatigued. But you look in his eyes and you see the light of Christ powerfully. And there was no widespread revelation in the days of Samuel. It was a dark era. But this little boy began to be awakened as the Lord was revealing Himself. The Word of the Lord came to this little boy and he began to see the light. He began to look in the light. And how many people know that it's light that wakes up in the natural? It's spiritual light that wakens in the spiritual. As we begin to get into the Word and see Him and hear Him in the Scriptures, that we begin to behold Him, we become like Him. And uh, it's not just another podcast or a TED Talk. It's not psychology. It's not life coaching. It's the Word of God. It's the gospel. 
of the Lord Jesus Christ in our day. Hardcore, undefiled, purified Christianity. Come on today. I'm talking about the spirit of revival coming in our day with power. I'm talking about the spirit which is the last Adam. He became, the, he became a life-giving spirit. Jesus is here right now. The last Adam, He became a life-giving spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. He's the spirit of revival. He's the awakening spirit. He comes to arouse. He comes to cause us to uh, realise that we're warriors. He's the spirit of revival. I'm talking about what Jesus called Him, the spirit of truth. John chapter 14, 15 and 16, the spirit of truth. The world can't see Him, but you're going to know Him. You're going to have personal relationship with Him. The spirit of truth. You're, you're gonna, he's going to witness and you're going to be my witnesses as well. He's going to lead you into truth. You know, that Greek word truth is also reality. He's going to bring us into real reality. He wakes us out, up out of our anxieties our swirling anxieties and our deep depressions. He awakens that, us up out of that to declare that your sins are forgiven. What you weren't about, you're past for. Your conscience is clean. I'm greater than your conscience. Ha! Ah, he, he's just there so strongly in our lives. He is the spirit of revival. He's the anointing. He's the one that opens the eyes of the blind. He releases the prisoners from the deep, dark dungeons. He starts to rebuild things in our lives. Praise God. I just want you to turn with me to Samuel, the story of Samuel part two and what happens. How many people know at that time the Philistines were the ones that were starting to move in, trying to take the territory that the Israelites had claimed, intimidating God's people. This will build up to when Goliath was the climax of Goliath. But Samuel was involved in fighting the Philistines. The Philistines are like thoughts in our lives that distract, come to attack us. I want to read with you in um, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 4. Nope. 1 Samuel chapter 7. I got my little awake. I went to, because I needed a couple of bookmarks, I opened up the glove box and I had some tickets to Awakening Australia. How good is that? I was worried that they were lost. This is prophetic. Yeah. Chapter 7 of 1 Samuel. I want to propose to you just before we read this passage that the Philistines, yes, are like those that try to come in and oppress us, squeeze us, limit us. And in our lives here in the West, these Philistine thoughts come in and they try to take ground. Stop trying. You don't have to worry about living strongly for Christ. You are doing where you are. That's fine. Don't go any harder. You've kind of climaxed spiritually. Trying to say, hey, look, just don't, with that thought, that worry that you had, that bad thing that you've done in the past, that regret, 
just kind of shove it to the side and have these comforts in your life and that will get you by. Have these little routines in your life and that will hold those thoughts at bay. But I want to say that a life like that starts to limit you. You're not living at your full capacity internally, spiritually. You're not awakened to the point where you can uh, begin to move forward and be someone who is awakening others. And so these Philistines had oppressed the people of Israel so much that the, the Israelites had taken on some of that, this foreign religion, had been culturized by some of these foreign countries, especially the Philistines. And uh, what had happened was that uh, the people of Israel, because they weren't in connection with God and relationship with God, they just had a religion. They thought, we'll take the Ark of the Covenant and we will um, take that out when we go to fight the Israelites. Uh, sorry, the, yeah, fight the Israelites. And um, when they did that, they're like, yep, we've got the secret. We're going to take the Ark. And what happened is it didn't work. The uh, Philistines came and subdued the uh, Israelites and they actually also stole the Ark. And when... Uh, Eli found out about this. He actually fell over backwards. He was sitting on a fence and broke his neck and died. His sons also died in, in the battle. And the ark was captured. When the report came to uh, Eli's daughter-in-law, she was actually in the process of giving birth. And she was so much in despair that she called her son Ichabod, which means the glory has departed. But Israel's so... Uh, realises their depravity so much that they begin to uh, seek God again by seeking Samuel. And Samuel says in verse 3 of chapter 7, If you return to the Lord with your hearts, then put away the foreign gods and the Asherahs, <laughs> pronouncing that, it's hard, from among you, and prepare your hearts for the Lord and serve Him only, and He will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the, so the children of Israel put away. Verse 5, Samuel's gathering all of Israel. He's calling them. Verse 9, he, Samuel starts sacrificing. And uh, the, what's happened is that Israel, the uh, Philistines see this happening and they start to move in on this. How many people know that when you start to seek the Lord, the enemy sees that and he starts to move in to try and uh, get you to stop moving forward and seeking Him. But what we see here in um, uh, verse 10, Now as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel, but the Lord thundered with a loud voice, sorry, up, sorry thundered upon the Philistines that day and so confused them that they were overcome before Israel. And the men of Israel went out, went out of Mitzvah and pursued the Philistines and drove them back as far as below beth -car. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mitzvah and Shen and called its name Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. And I want to encourage you guys this morning that... Uh, if you feel like there's places in your mind, places in your emotions, which are, you feel like are an Ichabod, that you just don't feel God in those areas. I want to propose to you as you begin to turn to the Lord, put away what's foreign, put away 
foreign distractions and cultures in your life and begin to seek the Lord, seek Him in His Word. Seek that seeing spirit that Samuel had that, and, and begin to sacrifice to Him. Even get some spiritual discipline in your life and call upon His name and pray that there'll be a thundering that starts to happen in your life. There'll be an awakening that starts to happen in your life. There'll be a quaking that you'll begin to get stirred up with passion. And, and the, the Philistines, those Philistine thoughts that attack and distract you begin to be, flee away, begin to move out of your territory. You begin to gain ground. I believe that as you get up early in the morning, you seek the Lord. You have a regular quiet time in the morning. You get that spiritual discipline of waking, early rising, dialed in your life, that you build up a connection in your life where you're a warrior, where you push back, push back the powers of darkness in your life. Because guys, we're, we're actually in a war. There's the world, that's one spiritual enemy. There's the, that with its distractions and it's um, trying to uh, cause us to conform to its patterns. There's the, there's the devil that comes to try and accuse us about our sins and uh, cause us to go into anxiety and deeper depression. Uh, that as we resist that and submit to God and open up uh, ourselves to Him, that, he, uh, that the Lord will push him back. And then there's the flesh. But whether it's the world, the flesh and the devil, the more you're hearing God's voice, the more you're in the Spirit, the more you're walking with the Lord, the, the, the world fades away. The devil is silenced and the flesh realises that it's crucified. And this oneness with God and His Word causes you to partner with heaven on the earth and cause that shaking, cause that thundering. How many people were woken up by the lightning and thunder the other day? Come on, so good. Causes you to be like lightning and the Lord backs that up with thunder. Come on, how many people want to be like lightning in Adelaide? Wherever you go, you're blasting. They're over there. They're over there. Going up to someone, giving someone a word of encouragement. Going up and giving someone, uh, just knocking on someone's door and just saying, hey, I felt led to come pray for you. Going and saying hi to someone. Just lift, giving something generously to someone else. Come on, guys, we're born in a war, but into war, but it's time to fight. Don't let this Western culture pacify you. Don't let the prince of the power of the air and the principalities in heavenly places trick you into thinking that there's, you're okay, everything's hunky-dory, just get on with it, be complacent, just live like everyone else, get a good job, get married, have a nice house, come to church regularly. regularly. No, you're called to be revivalists. I'm offending some people here, but you're called to be revivalists. You're called to shake and quake. You're called to be like uh, Charles Finney, Jonathan Edwards, the Wesley boys. You're called to be spiritually disciplined. Come on, even getting up in the night, staying up all night in prayer. That's a spiritual discipline. We, we are called for this, guys. We're called, yes, we're saved by grace. And, and the Holy Spirit uh, brings about that awareness in our lives. And, and it's the finished work of the cross is done. But he, the Holy Spirit has not finished applying the finished work of the, cro the cross in our lives. He wants us to be disciplined so that we begin to express Christ wherever we go. This oneness with Him that wherever we go, there's a thundering, there's a shaking wherever we go. 
There's an energy about us that we're not apathetic, complacent Australians, but we're Australians anointed with the spirit of reality, with the life-giving spirit. And guys, we got mateship. We got the Anzac spirit. We got the pioneering spirit. We're under the Southern Cross. We're taking land. We're pioneering for Jesus Christ. We're sharing the gospel. We're unashamed. We're strong. We're wild. And Samuel was a little boy priest. Then Ebenezer, he became a mighty man of prayer. Later, he became known as the seer and he anointed David. He's carrying the anointing wherever he went. And I want to proclaim to you that some of you are going from a season of uh, Ichabod to a season of Ebenezer. I believe I see this week some of you going home, getting in the bedroom, just saying, Lord, I've been struggling with this, this anxiety. I've been trying to figure it out in my own head. But Lord, I'm going to get into your Word. I'm going to pray this out with you right now, Lord. I'm going to just, in the Spirit, experience that enemy falling, those enemies fleeing out off this ground, out of my brain, out of my emotions. In Jesus' Name, I'm going to feel the spiritual airways cleanse around me. The enemy's getting pushed back. I'm resisting the enemy. Salvation's coming. There's widespread salvation in my life, widespread revelation because I'm having the Word of the Lord revealed to me. I've got the spirit of revival. I'm filled with the power of God. I'm thundering wherever I go. Come on now. Some of you have been suffering with depression, but today is a day of salvation. Today, something's going to happen in your life. I want you to turn with me right now. And we're going to read this together. It says in Romans chapter 13, verse 11, And do this, knowing the time, that now is high time to awake, say awake, out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Therefore, cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armour of light. Let us walk properly as in, uh, as in the day, not in revelry, sorry, that word, and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust and in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfil it's lust. Come on, some of you guys this morning, get in your fight back. The warriors are arising. Just that, ah, I'm going to pray. I'm going to get into the Word. I'm going to memorize. I'm going to quote Scripture. It's going to be a sword. The Word of the, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Ha, I'm going to get a ream of Word for this season. I'm going to take down some enemies in my life. I'm going to be a warrior. I'm going to be an awakener. I'm going to be an illuminator wherever I go. I'm going to be a thunderer. I'm going to be someone who just who, who does this for Jesus in my generation. Because I've, got, I've only got one life to, to live. I'm going to be a warrior. I'm going to be an awakener. I'm going to watch. I'm going to be a soldier because I was born into war. I'm going to be a priest. I'm going to be a prayer. I'm going to be a seer. I'm going to be a warrior. Some of you guys are going to get that stronghold in your brain. A stronghold of you stuffed up too badly in your life. Jesus can't do anything for you. Just go on cruise control. Some of you need to get that and just whack it and cut it and chop it up. I'm talking about a warrior. Samuel did that. He used to be a little priest, little boy, with a little ephod that his mum made for him. He grew in favour. He grew in stature. God is raising you up. He's taking you to the next level. He's taking Harvest Church to the next level. 
I'm talking about someone like Timothy in Ephesus. When Paul says to him, but you watch in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. We've all got a ministry. We've all got a ministry. I'm talking about someone in 2 Timothy that was about to be beheaded. He's not an Eli. I'm talking about the Samuels, the young people of this generation, but I'm also talking about the pools of this generation. Guys, the, the, the oldest seasoned ones here, you're not gonna be like Eli's. They're just getting sleepy-headedness syndrome. You're gonna be like Paul. That you're ready to have your head chopped off for the sake of Jesus Christ in this generation. I'm telling us, I'm telling us this morning, guys, we're to live like the underground church in China. We're to live like those in Africa that are oppressed. We're to live like those that, that ISIS could come at any time. And I believe if we have this attitude, if we carry this spirit of revival, awakening, that God will do great things in our lives. And we will see greater things than we ever could have known in our lives. It's time to, to be those that are waking up the warriors. Who's ready to wake up the church in Adelaide? Come on, let's even lead the charge in this. I wanna pray for us this morning and uh, as a way of finishing off.